Welcome to the official Substack of Brandon Ritchie podcast episode and article. Today's date is October the 3rd, 2023. And if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm grateful to have your ears. You will find this show, this podcast, this blog, very interesting. That is one thing that I strive for. And if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome aboard and make sure that you subscribe here directly on the podcast or Substack. And today's title, the title of today's episode rather, is The Larceny of Masculinity. And there are three things I want to highlight that I'm going to get into here shortly with today's episode. The first thing is uh, what lacking characteristic is a major sign of weakness in both individuals and society at large? That's the first thing. The second highlight is what is stoicism? Okay. And the third is what major societal societal court case put Marxism on full display? Okay, I'm going to get into all of this. I'm going to bring some clarity to these things here shortly and drive it home so that you can uh, arm yourself with knowledge, arm yourself with what you need in order to combat the forces that are out there trying to drive a communist Marxist agenda. And that's the purpose of this blog and podcast. And if you are tuning in for the first time, in fact, The tagline is that this podcast and blog serves as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And that term zenith means I want you at your peak. I want you at your best. This all kind of comes from my coaching background as a strength and conditioning coach, fitness coach, a fitness professional that's been in the business for over 20 years. I'm a student of history, student of philosophy. I'm a student of health, geopolitics, culture. And all of those things, in my view, are basically documented or they're documented uh, aspects of the lived human experience. And that's how we arm ourselves with understanding our environment. Because if you can't understand the environment, you will succumb to the environment. All right. If you do understand it, then you can basically uh, you can impact the environment by exercising your agency, your knowledge and put it in application to design and build the world that you want around you, the world that aligns with your values. Instead of allowing that to fall into someone else under someone else's spell and to have them build it for you, the idea here is that we use our individual agency to impact the culture, to impact our society so that we can build a freedom first movement, a movement that is that is healthy, that is vibrant. And we definitely uh, are losing that in today's world. So that is the uh, goal of this podcast and blog. So if you are tuning in for the first time, make sure you subscribe at brandonritchie.substack.com. Uh, you can also listen on alternative platforms such as Spotify, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, uh, Apple Podcast. Make sure, though, if you are on those, to give me a follow and also give it a five-star rating there, particularly on Spotify. Hit the follow button. Take about two seconds to hit the five-star rating if you like the show, if you like the message, and you want to support an anti-administrative state media platform, this is the way to do it. And if you're a returning listener, I'm grateful to have you back as well. And 
uh, for all, all the new listeners, you can easily subscribe as a free subscriber. But if you do really want to support this show, if you want to support the message, if you want to exercise your own agency to impact the culture, then I need you to be a force multiplier. And you can do that by sharing the show links, talking about this topic or, or other topics of, or of other episodes here on the platform with your friends, family, with your coworkers, with your neighbors. You need to, I want you to be informed. I want you to be uh, the person that, that, that kind of raises the eyebrows of people in a good way, a curious way, uh, when you're out in social gatherings so that you, you can exercise your agency and impact people's thinking and challenge their thinking, okay? And you, and you do this by arming yourself, and that's what I try to do here. That's the whole goal is to try to arm you in a way that's uh, very unique and to give you that insight on cultural, economic, geopolitical, on the whole landscape so that you can bring sense to it, okay? Sort of making the complex more simple because that's how you grasp whether or not someone really understands uh, a certain field and certain issues is being able to take the what's seemingly complex and strip it down and explain it in a way that's very simple for others to understand. And that's the goal, and that's what I try to do here, okay? And I want you to be able to do the same. And I know this audience is very capable of that because I get your feedback all the time, and and you all are just uh, very impressive. So uh, on that note, yes, please share. And if you do want to support the show and put it on Hyperdrive, you can also sign up to become a paid member, all right? So you can, when you get to the... Brandon uh, Brandon uh, You'll be prompted. You can sign up as a free member uh, and get notifications to your email inbox for every new episode. Or you also uh, can become a paid member. And the paid membership, uh, basically, what I do there is I, I do about I try my best given my life schedule and and it gets busy sometimes. But I try my best to do about four episodes a month. I uh, may run over that a little bit, do, you know, every month to a month and a half. I do four episodes. Out of those four, three of them are free to the public in general. And one is unique and, and goes to the paid members. And I try to juice it up a little something extra for my paid members there. And, and those, you, if you stumble on those episodes, they have a paywall. And uh, you once you become a paid member, you can access those in full 100%. And, uh it's uh, about the cost of a cup of coffee per month. I think it's $80 for the annual subscription, uh, and that averages out to about $6 and some change per month, about the cup of a cost of a cup of coffee uh, per month. Uh, that is immensely helpful, and that is the goal here. Uh, if you do support, want to support the parallel economy, uh, an anti-administrative state platform, then that that's how you can really put it on supercharge. So I really appreciate that from all of you. Okay, so on that note, let's get down to business. So today's title, once again, is The Larceny of Masculinity. Okay, and I'm going to start in here, the article podcast, The Larceny of Masculinity Preface. Quote, I don't believe in pessimism. If something doesn't come up the way you want, forge ahead. If you think it's going to rain, it will, end quote. Clint Eastwood. It's an obvious statement for me to say to you that I've seen a lot of changes in the world since I was a kid in the 1980s. 
Sure, you've heard this type of statement from your elders over the years, and people usually snicker and brush off such a statement without any further examination of such a statement. However, given the current state of affairs with the weak, pathetic, and fragile infiltration of Marxists into our society, examining such a statement right here and now is more than warranted and way overdue. Weak men only exist because of a culture and society that has told them that it's okay to be weak and that strong men are somehow toxic, hence the term toxic masculinity. Aside from that term toxic masculinity being an oxymoron, the assumption of the meaning from those who coined the term is that strong men are somehow toxic when in reality it's been the steady growth of weak men within our population over time that are toxic and dangerous within society, particularly when, some, particularly when it comes to those that are in position of power. So to be clear, what exactly does it mean for one to be strong or weak? Well, the truth is, is that strength and weakness both parallel in terms of the areas in which one may possess an area of strength or weakness as it relates to their individual attributes. When we hear the word strength and weakness, many people would assume we're solely talking about physical strength or weakness. Sure, physical attributes certainly qualify for identifying how one may be strong or weak, and as a professional fitness and strength coach, I can certainly attest to that. However, strength and weakness go far beyond the physical nature of someone who may be strong or lack strength in certain areas of their lives. True strength comes from within, and that inner strength involves that of the spirit and one's own intellectual toughness and moral character. In my view, much of this inner strength is present within most all of us, but is something that is similar to a garden that has either been nurtured for growth, resulting in more inner strength, or its soil has been deprived or neglected of what is necessary to produce a fertile foundation of inner strength. When that soil has been deprived, then the individual grows up looking outward for certain protections, assurances, and what they may perceive as something of a safe environment. However, keep in mind that looking outward, at least in the context of the physical human world, is a recipe for disappointment as this creates an environment where a weak individual seeks some sort of dependency from other people, entities, or organizations in the physical world. Now, I want to be careful here about when I mention the word dependency is I don't want this to be taken out of context. First of all, for the purpose of this explanation, I'm primarily talking about everyday able-minded and able-bodied adult men that currently live and work in society. At least at this point, I hope they are working, but there are those that fit this classification that aren't working for various reasons. Perhaps some of those reasons involve the fact that they are currently suffering from the completely unnecessary economic climate that was created by weak men that lack principles, character, and integrity. After all, as we can observe in many cases, weak men can typically exhibit tendencies towards destruction. Therefore, it could mean that they lack that inner strength I'm talking about, which results in the lack of discipline, focus, and grit, which ultimately can lead to destruction. The point is that given what I've just outlined here as the explanation I'm talking about the able-minded and able-bodied men that lack inner strength and intellectual toughness. This concept of inner strength and intellectual toughness has been something that has been stolen from men in our modern-day culture. In fact, I would call it the larceny of masculinity. Heading, the lack of empathy resulting in weakness. Quote, walk a mile in his moccasins, end quote. Mary T. Lathrop in 1895 
AAA Native Arts. That quote is actually the title of a Native American poem by Mary that was obviously based on the concept of empathy. Now, I do believe in this message as empathy is without a doubt a sign of strength. Here I'm going to read the poem in full. Pray, don't find fault with the man that limps or stumbles along the road, unless you have worn the moccasin he wears or stumbled beneath the same load. There may be tears in his souls that hurt, though hidden away from view, the burden he bears placed on your back may cause you to stumble and fall too. Don't sneer at the man who is down today unless you have felt the same blow that caused his fall or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his, unknown to you in the same way, may cause you to stagger and fall too. Don't be too harsh with the man that sins or pelt him with words or stone or disdain unless you are sure you have no sins of your own and it's only wisdom and love that your heart contains. For you know if the, temp, if, if the tempter's voice should whisper as soft to you as it did to him when he went astray, it might cause you to falter too. Just walk a mile in his moccasins before you abuse, criticize, and accuse. If just for one hour you could find a way to see through his eyes instead of your own muse. I believe you'd be surprised to see that you've been blind and narrow-minded, even unkind. There are people in reservations and in the ghettos who have so little hope and too much worry on their minds. Brother, there are but for the grace of God go you and I, just for a moment, slip into his mind and traditions, and see the world through his spirit and eyes, before you can cast a stone or falsely judge his conditions." Remember to walk a mile in his moccasins, and remember the lessons of humanity taught you by your elders. We will be known forever by the tracks we leave in other people's lives or kindness and generosity. Take the time to walk a mile in his moccasins. Now, it takes a wise individual to point to the significance of empathy as Mary does in both the title and body of her poem here regarding the message that one should take the time to try and gain understanding of others in their life circumstances without being quick to pass judgment. This is completely accurate and is truly a sign of a strong individual because an individual that possesses this ability is someone who has learned and accurately grasped the concept of human nature, which is that we're all flawed because we are simply human. To understand, and more importantly, to take the time, energy, and effort to understand means that one is striving to build on that inner strength I was talking about earlier. For either you or myself to do this, we must both invest the time and energy to do so, and putting in that investment in and of itself requires effort, and effort in this way always results in strength. This is what it means to fertilize that soil in the garden, whereas to not put forth effort means one would be neglecting that soil in the garden, which results in weakness and destruction. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, Brandon, are you passing quick judgment onto those Marxists that you say are weak without understanding what they may be dealing with in their own individual lives? By making such a statement, am I demonstrating a lack of empathy? I would say no, that I'm not passing quick judgment, not in the least. I can say that because the entire ideology of Marxism is one that subverts the very nature of individuality, and there is clearly a segment of men within our society that have adopted this ideology and actively work extremely hard in promoting, advocating, and embracing it within the fabric of our nation and institutions. 
This is not a statement of judgment, but rather a sound, substantiated observation of reality. After all, in society, we must all agree that there are clear social agreements on what we should all consider to be objective in terms of what is right and what is wrong. For instance, it is simply wrong to advocate and actually participate in the destruction of private property, the burning of cities, and the harassment of innocent people under the false pretense of so-called injustices, especially when said injustices were proven factually to be a complete lie. We've seen this over and over with organizations such as BLM and Antifa with their terrorism of innocent businesses, cities, and individual citizens. To accurately sum this up, you don't have to look any further than the Kyle Rittenhouse case. In my view, this particular case perfectly illuminates the venomous and weak ideology of Marxism, as to me this ideology was completely the central component on display in this trial. That's not difficult to see now as we can look back and reflect on society's emotional reaction towards Rittenhouse during that time. Looking back at this case, many people, including the Communist Administrative State Media, ASM, were calling for this young man, Kyle Rittenhouse, to be destroyed before the evidence was ever even presented. In fact, the jury was feeling immense heat from the corrupt ASM and they were drumming up the heat to pressure the jury into potentially making a decision that would have completely destroyed an innocent man. In fact, I can personally recall many people on my personal Facebook feed calling for him to be locked up or even executed before the court date ever came to pass. These Marxists really showed their true colors to me, and as a result fueled my desire to bury their incompetence and to expose their weakness and lack of empathy with the birth of this podcast and blog. Additionally, it may surprise you that I happen to know some of these Marxists personally. However, I had no idea they were lacking so much empathy and were so weak in their character until they showed themselves and demonstrated their worldviews on their social media when I was following this particular case. Regardless, I have a long memory, and my goal is that others will read and or listen to this episode and be reminded of those same types of people that they might have, have been surprised to discover on their social feeds as well. Let me ask you, is that sentiment of calling for one to be in prison or executed consistent with our legal system in the belief that one is innocent until proven guilty? Additionally, does that attitude demonstrate empathy in the very least? If you can't answer these questions, then you're part of the problem. The answer should be a loud and convincing no. If you still want to ignore reality and reject the notion of empathy, then let's take a moment to highlight the overwhelming facts of the Rittenhouse case. First of all, the prosecution against Rittenhouse was quick out of the gate to accuse him of chasing down Joseph Rosenbaum and fatally shooting him in the street along with, it, with shooting another guy. With this accusation, the prosecution was looking to throw the book at Rittenhouse on several charges consisting of first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, and first-degree attempted intentional homicide. Source, CNN. The prosecution's narrative totally collapsed when their accusations of what Rittenhouse had allegedly done were completely dismantled once FBI aerial drone footage was presented to the court that clearly showed the complete opposite of what the prosecution was alleging against Rittenhouse. Upon viewing the footage, among other video footage taken at ground level, it was clear that Rosenbaum was hidden in a parking lot that Rittenhouse had run into, at which point Rosenbaum started following Rittenhouse as he ran away. Furthermore, there were two other individuals with Rosenbaum that were in pursuit of Rittenhouse, 
which was the opposite of the testimony from the prosecution. Source, CNN. As Rittenhouse's defense attorney, Mark Richards, pointed out, Rittenhouse had acted in self-defense, demonstrating how Rosenbaum was actually the aggressor, along with the other two guys making up a mob that was in pursuit of Rittenhouse. Not to mention, one of the other mob members, Gage Grosskreutz, was armed with a firearm while the other guy, Anthony Huber, was chasing and hitting Rittenhouse with his skateboard. Fortunately, after all the dust had settled, Rittenhouse was exonerated, but not before his reputation and name had been drugged through the mud by the corrupt ASM and all the useful idiots that were willing to take the bait and run with it. You see, among the ASM and all of their enablers, you have a clear view of how a lack of empathy and an overwhelming epidemic of weakness has infected our society at large. This lack of empathy and weakness resulted in a lot of destruction. It resulted in the destruction of Kenosha, Wisconsin on that night with the incident involving Rittenhouse and Rosenbaum. It resulted in the destruction of Rittenhouse's reputation and name. And it resulted in the further erosion and destruction of our current American culture that has already been infiltrated by the destructive ideology of Marxism. In addition to this, many of those who were calling for the destruction of Rittenhouse were young men in our culture. In my view, this case... In my view, this case highlighting those claiming Rittenhouse had committed an injustice were themselves advocating for the greatest injustice of all, which was the execution and or imprisonment of an innocent man. To make this even worse, one of the major details of the case that the media conveniently failed to report on was that Rittenhouse had a medical kit with him and was tending to injured people in the area. His possession of the gun was for personal protection only, which is exactly what he used it for in the situation that night in Kenosha. To me, this case clearly highlighted the lack of empathy and the theft of masculinity within our culture at large. With everything surrounding the Rittenhouse case, we witnessed a major symptom of the larceny of masculinity. Heading, Inner Stoicism If you're not familiar With the term stoicism, it essentially is a philosophical approach to one enduring hardship or pain without display of feelings and without complaint. Stoicism was one of the dominant philosophical systems dating back to the Hellenistic period in Athens and is basically composed of three different parts. These parts include physics, logic, and ethics. Within this model, all three of these parts work together in an interconnected system. Source, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. To illustrate this in a more simple way, the ancient Stoics used the analogy of comparing each of the separate components to an egg to explain the three interconnected parts of physics, logic, and ethics. In comparison to the egg, the outermost layer involving the shell would be the logic, followed by the next component of ethics being the following inner layer of the egg, and ultimately, the physics would involve the innermost part of the egg, or the fertile field. You probably noticed this sounds familiar to my garden analogy that I referenced earlier on. In a nutshell, or more specifically, in an eggshell, <laughs> the purpose of the Stoic philosophy is to utilize the practice of the discipline to become more virtuous and to attain wisdom. Thereby, we should lead a good life so the overarching goal is to discern with logic to nurture the crop or the egg white, which in turn, according to the ancients, is assumed to nourish the yolk. Now keep in mind that the Stoic philosophy, at least in my view, is not a religion, but rather a disciplined way to approach life 
and how to deal with the decisions, hardships, successes, shortfalls, and trials of life. Uh, Many in Christian faith have also been stoic in their approach to -to day-to-day life behavior and discipline. For some, this comes more naturally, and for others, it takes a lot more work. So what about when life delivers difficult circumstances for people? Did the ancient Stoics believe in fate? What Stoics would look to call fate, they more identify as working out of the rational and predictable. Uh, The concept of fate is more viewed as a series of decisions and actions that have been made over time. In other words, every event that occurs in the world is the result of a previous series of events that preceded the event or events in question. As such, the thought of the inescapability of this sequence of events leads to concerns about the action and moral responsibility of individuals and how they should lead their daily lives. Now that, to me, is about as powerful and logical an explanation to major events occurring in life as I've ever heard. In fact, we're seeing that very thing happen throughout our cultural, political, educational, health, and economic landscape right now. Think about the chain of events that have been encouraged and have led to the loss of empathy in our culture due to the destruction of the family structure. Think about the infiltration of weakness within men of our culture with men being told that masculinity is somehow toxic and not acceptable. Think about how there's been crimes as serious as treason committed by politicians who have resided in Washington, D.C. for decades without having been held accountable for anything meaningful whatsoever. Finally, think about the fact that Congress has literally not passed a balanced budget since 2001. I'm not making any of this up. This is all substantiated and documented, yet every single one of these issues exists because of the precedent of doing what was wrong instead of what was right has been able to flourish because of the epidemic of weak men that lack the testicular fortitude to do what real men should do. If masculinity were president present in D.C., then we would have men making the necessary decisions politically so that our country would not be in a total free fall towards communism as we're seeing right now. Heading, the wrap-up. In short, we are all human, and as humans, it's perfectly natural for us to be weak in some areas and stronger in others. However, When weakness itself is seen as a virtue in our modern society, then you can count on a society where there will be a precedence of bad decision-making and actions taken by men in power that will nurture an environment into a snowball of total destruction without escape. The only way to stop it in reverse course is if we use our individual agency to intervene in order to disrupt the cascading cycle of weakness and the larceny of masculinity across every landscape concerning politics, culture, economics, education, and and with our individual health. The bottom line is that we've created a culture of overly emotional and weak men. We have already created a society where decisions are made out of fear and emotion, rather than exhibiting the discipline to temper those emotions with a more stoic approach. Because major societal decisions are made out of emotion, this, is, this only perpetuates a continuous cycle of one bad policy after the next. Furthermore, it also signals to those who desire power more than anything else that those people making decisions out of fear can more easily be controlled. The question is, are the men that recognize this in our society going to have the testicular fortitude to push back, 
Or has the larceny of masculinity already ceded control of our society to the authoritarians once and for all? If you're interested in my personal answer, I'm pushing back as hard as I can by creating this very blog and podcast. I just need your help in helping me to push harder. I hope you enjoyed today's article podcast. If so, I hope you would choose to support this platform as part of the Patriot Economy as well. Be an emissary of freedom and help to push this piece out to your friends, family, and co-workers. One way you can do this right now is by joining me and giving me a like here on Public SQ. This platform is directly tied to, to the support of a Freedom First movement by allowing you to line up your purchasing power with businesses that share your values. In order for both you and me to, to influence and strengthen our society, we must not stay idle. So please make sure you hit the subscribe and share buttons here below. Spreading messages like this one is how we influence our culture, and I need your help in order to do it. Also, listen to this podcast here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Cast. If you like this podcast and the message, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating on the Spotify platform. Also, to connect with me, Please make sure you join me here on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, and now Substack's new social media called Notes. Stay strong, stay focused, stay active, and have a great day.